Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we're glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So welcome, everybody. This is episode 45. And we have a great guest um, for you uh, that, that we interviewed today. And what's really cool is we're actually recording from Las Vegas. That's right. The LV. LV. And it is hot. It is outside. hot. It's, it's hot as crap. <laughs> it is hot. Yeah. So Vegas was really nice. It welcomed us here by having With a record setting heat. 117 degrees. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I really liked it. And then at night it was what? 113? <laughs> And well, the funny thing is, the first night too, we were walking back from dinner with the You're company that we're here for. No, but we it's the the, the Vegas like, Strip is like an optical illusion because you look down and you see, oh, oh it's, it's right not there. that far. Yeah. But because everything's so huge and massive. Uh, you get walking and you're like, it still looks the same. It still is far away. I'm yeah. not getting any closer. Right. And we were walking and not only did the heat just like, I don't know, just wrapped itself around you. <laughs> and we're all walking. And I think everybody's legs. Like a gradually, boa constrictor. Oh, yeah. We were being just choked out by the heat. And we're still walking. And it's like, whose idea was this? And as we're watching trams go by. Tram. <laughs> heading tram, to our hotel. Right where the to convention hotel, is. Where they drop you right off. Right. To the hotel, the convention center, everything's right there. Tram. They're like, oh, yeah. hi. So Looks good. Yeah, we weren't, I wasn't like, I wasn't a fan. Brooke brought up was she wasn't a fan. No. And it was yeah, so it was a long walk. It was. I would have I would rather do a walk of shame. <laughs> it kinda was like a walk of shame. By the end we had so much energy at the beginning and then by the end it's like, oh my god. It was like, yeah, can't yeah. So it's can I can I get all I need is a whiff of like air. <laughs> whiff of because you can't breathe. Right. Stifling. So you just had to go into a casino and breathe in some of the oxygen they're pumping in oxygen oh not to mention the 38 packs of cigarettes that <laughs> greet you at the door which is hilarious because it was fun though yeah, still fun still, still fun. good stuff hey i have a question for you okay so this is uh you know it'll be fun okay i think and and maybe make you miss the fact that we haven't seen any okay. so if rain <laughs> could fall in any scent, what scent would it be? Oh, my goodness. If rain could fall in any scent. So it's almost, would it be my, like my favorite scent? Which I don't really know what my favorite scent is. Um, hmm. Any scent. Like just, you know, so, you Because you know you can smell the rain. Right. Yeah. But so like a scent, though. You get to, you get to f- put a yeah. fragrance in it or a scent. I think something fresh. So maybe like like cucumber with mint or like cucumber and lemon. That'd be cool. Cucumber melon, like that body spray I used to wear when I was <laughs> when in junior you, high. When you were in junior high <laughs> and you thought you were, you were it. It was so, yeah, it was like Victoria's Secret body spray. And you just, 
Oh, yeah. And you thought the world could yeah. smell you. But I wouldn't want it to smell like that. I wanted to actually <laughs> smell like cucumbers because I lo- I cucumbers, I think they're just like really fresh. Um, and I think that they would make, they'd, you know, give me, it'd give me energy. I'd be like, oh. Yeah, I I mean, I could see that. Like yeah. a little, like if you would have put like a cucumber and just well, missed it in your face. Well, because cucumber infused, cucumber yeah, infused water, water is, is delicious. Awesome. And then I could drink it. Yeah. Oh, so you want to drink it too. <laughs> Well, yeah, you just like open your mouth to this guy and be like, oh, this is delicious. It smells good. I'm refreshed. So you, it's like, it'd be like walking out to the spa. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well. Because I go to the spa a lot. You go to the spa a lot? Yeah. And you don't, right? No. <laughs> that is, for those of you listening, yeah, she does not go to the no, spa. No, I don't. And it, yeah. So, um, and, well, look, we're in Vegas. We're having a great time. Mm-hmm. And our client is just keeping us busy. And um, But we're wanting to get our intro in and not miss a beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if, it, if the audio sounds a little different, it's because we are recording on location with some portable gear. Mm-hmm. So we hope that you will be cool with that as yeah. you're listening. Yeah. And so the um, the interview that you're going to hear today, um, we interviewed Pamela Evett. She is the founder CEO um, of Quality Business Solutions. They are an outsource provider for um companies large and small doing payroll and benefits uh and I've I've had the privilege of knowing her for um 4 years now and working with her um closely over those 4 years and she's become a good friend so she's got a great story um you know came from uh you know immigrant family came in and hard working people and it's just really um made great things happen not only for herself but also for all the people who work for her so um I, I think you'll enjoy it Hey, without any further delay, let's jump into this episode with Pamela Evett. Welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Uh, Really excited today. We are actually joining you from Las Vegas, um, and we have an amazing guest with us who um, was a client of mine and has become a good friend. So um, Pam, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, thank you guys for having me. My name is Pamela Evett and I own Quality Business Solutions, um, something I've been very passionate about for 17 years. We do payroll and benefits administration for clients across the country. And um, I'm just happy to be here today from very, very hot Las Vegas, Nevada. (laughs) It's a little warm. So just a little, 116 degrees warm. Yeah. Well, do you feel like it's the same as, because, you know, we all are in South Carolina. Yes. So what about that humidity? Does it matter at that point? No. No. What, what this feels like, this, this is what your turkey feels like on Thanksgiving when you're cooking it. That's what it, when people say it's dry heat. So it's, this, yeah. is what, this is what it feels like if you're a turkey and you're getting put in an oven. Yeah. I've been, now I know I've what been, that bird feels like. I've been tripping over that when they're like, it's dry heat. It's different. And I'm going, <laughs> at this point, like I'm sitting there, I'm going, I don't know there's a difference. No, it's just no, not hot. when you hit this level of, of you can't hot. breathe. No, <laughs> you just can't breathe. It no. sucks the air out of you when you come in. You're like, it's terrible. Um, well, thank you, Pam. And the one thing that that Pam didn't mention is, um, yes, she is the president and CEO of Quality Business Solutions, but um, she's also just a great female entrepreneur. Has won um, some pretty terrific honors. We'll put all that in the show notes. Um, so to go ahead and get this started, Pam, uh, over the years, I've heard you talk. Um, 
on multiple occasions about being fearless and this whole idea of fearlessness. So what does that mean to you? And how has it impacted you in your life so far and as you plan towards the future? Well, Megan, you've heard me say this like a ton of times, but um, I think being fearless just means not not having to say you're sorry for trying and maybe not getting where you wanted to be, you know, right out of the right off the start line. But um, I had a great I had great role models in my life. Um, my my grandparents were all immigrants, so they worked really hard and. Um, I mean, it's always inspiring. Like my grandmother left Poland. She was 16 years old. I mean, she changed her birth certificate to say she was 16 years old, but she's she was 15. Mm-hmm. She got in a boat and we she went across an ocean only to get to Ellis Island to not even know if she could stay. She had a brother here. That was it. You talk about gutsy. I mean, to me, that is fearless. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what's on the other side or what you're going to do when you get here. So um, she lived with us and she was just amazing like things just you just work hard and that's what you do um so she was a great role model um my mom and my dad were amazing and my dad had he always dreamed of being an entrepreneur he always wanted to own his own business but back you know in the 70s if you had a really good job and you had health insurance and you had children you you didn't quit your really good job Mm -hmm. to try to branch out and do something on your own. And I don't really believe he ever, he ever really thought he could, um, he could ever do that until it was almost too late. You know, he was, he retired and then realized how, um, valuable he was at what is what he did. He was a tool and die maker and people just, you know, they were in awe of his work, but he never really knew that. And he was too afraid, mm-hmm. um, too afraid because he wanted to give a good life to his family. So just watching that and his encouragement to say, you could be what you ever you want to be. Uh, you just have to have a lot of work ethic. And you have to be really good to people and you have to say what you mean and you got to do what you say. So he he was just this and he. And it was his actions more so, even than his words. I mean, there were always those words, like, there's one thing people can't take away from you. It's your reputation. It's the only thing you got. So you really need to protect it. But it was just more the things he didn't say. And it was always seeing, like, what, in his eyes, like, disappointment of what he could have been um, made me really want to do that. And um, we lost him way too soon um, he was only 67 when he passed away, and so he never really got to see everything I did. But I, I always think he's looking down, and he's really proud because um, I think this is what he wished he would have done. Like he would have stepped out, and he would have taken a chance and um, and created a business that he could have left to us, or just like really been been proud of. I think he was proud of what he did, but he would have really, I think, he would have been really proud if he would have been just a little less. If you had a little less fear. So I've always kind of used that as my kind of my um, my battle cry, so to say, is, you know, be fearless. Because what is the worst thing that can happen? You know, dying with regret is is way worse than, you know, um, not trying something and failing at it. So. So. So, you know, Pam, that's that's powerful because so many people are willing to take a step you know, it's hard. I and, mean, it's scary. Yeah. And they, they, they get to that spot where, you know, you're talking about this fearless, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe 
there are two words that come to my mind and I would like to get your thought on this. So there's brave and there's courageous, right? Mm -hmm. And they're both very good words. So with fearless, I feel like brave and courageous are a part of that. You can be brave. You know, we could, we're in Vegas. I'm sure we could go into a, a bar. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to be brave, be you brave a bar people, here. right? Yeah, you got Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then there's courage. And I feel like courage, so like fearlessness is very important. But I believe bravery has to be a part of it. And so does courage. Right? Yeah. And the courage. And I feel like a lot of what you're saying is that courage component. Because I, too, have like that grandpa before he died and he came and visited me in South Carolina from Connecticut. He saw what I had and he was like, wow. Like, I wish I could have had this. But he realized I was an extension of what he didn't do. Yeah. And he said, when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to take what I see and all that I've enjoyed with you. And I'm going to put it under my pillow. And I'm going to lay my head on that pillow like it's mine. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful thing for me to hear that. But it was that it was like he it was like him saying to me, you're cur you're courageous, but it's because you're fearless, fearless. Yeah. So what what do you feel holds people back from engaging into just stop doing the status quo, just garbage and crap? Well, I think I think it's different for everybody. So you talk to people um, and they'll say, well, that'll take up a, for women, you know, that'll take up a lot of my time. Like I, I want to be a mom and I need to put my kids first. And if I start my own business, then I'm going to miss time with my kids. And I just, um, I just always found a, a more positive spin to everything is that if I'm charting my own destiny, I can pencil in that time with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm working nine to five, um, and, and, and I'm not saying that to say that that's a bad thing either, because right. there are some people who just don't want to own their own business because it's mm -hmm. it's not. But that's okay, it's not right? all positive. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we were talking about it today with some other business owners here. And, um, you know, you never stop working when you own your own business. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people think like, wow, you're in your own business, so you can just write in your time off. No. I was able to pencil in important things. So I could always take cookies to my son or daughter's, you know, Valentine's Day party at school. Like that was important to me. Um, but, you know, there is a trade-off for that. There's always a trade-off. You know, so when I'm on vacation, my phone is there. I'm checking emails because I'm still, I'm, my business is like another child. You protect it, you nurture it, you give it wings, you you hope it's going to sail, just like you do your kids. So um, so I think people kind of come up with excuses because it is scary. It's scary to put equity that you've earned on the line, uh, future equity that <laughs> you don't even have yet you're putting on the line. Um, it's And it, it's too, a lot of people just don't know where to begin. You know, it, business is complex. Um, there's lots of legislation, there's lots of rules, and there's lots of forms you have to fill out, mm -hmm. and you have to make relationships, and all of it is very scary, and you have to, you kind of have to just keep um, plowing forward, and so I, I think that's what holds people back, it's kind of the unknown, like, am I missing something, where do I go, where do I, you know, who can help me with this, mm -hmm. and, and they just don't want it, some people really would rather just 
have a nine to five job and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to put in my nine. I'm going to put until five and I'm going to give it all. But when I go home, I want to know that nobody's going to come looking for me to pay a bill that, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't get paid. And, and I, I, you know, I'm not looking to meet budgeted numbers. I put into play, Hey, I just came in, I gave it my all. Mm-hmm. And, and heck, there's some days I, I, I would like that. <laughs> there's some days yeah. I think I, that doesn't sound like a bad deal, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, but, but I think when you're, when you really have an entrepreneurial spirit, um, because I didn't start out owning my own business, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in public accounting and, um, then I was a consultant, but I still had another job. And, um, so it, it was like, I kind of, I kind of like weaned myself mm-hmm. into like, coming off of a nine to five job where you have a steady paycheck. But, um, you know, you're never quite fulfilled when you're not, when you, when you really have a passion to run something yourself, you're never quite happy. You never are settled at a nine to five job. So I think that's how, you know, maybe it's why do they stop it? I think if you're truly an entrepreneur and not somebody who just says, boy, that idea is appealing to me. You're never quite happy where you are. Like when you're working nine to five, you're never quite happy because you think you can do it a little bit better and you want to change things around, but you you, you can't. Mm-hmm. So you always feel like you're leaving something on the table. Like there's just not enough fulfilling you. So I think if you don't really follow that path, it's because you um, you just you just can't find the wherewithal to let it go. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where my fearless comes in, you yeah. know, is you kind of have to let it all go. And so thinking through that and just this whole idea of, you know, you weren't always an entrepreneur, even though maybe you had that spirit and mm-hmm. you kind of had, had that thing in you, um, where, where I, I think a lot of women, especially they talk about it, ha- work and relationships, I think have a lot of similarities yeah. and there is, you know, women safety is a big thing I think for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just very, um, inspiring that you decided to, grab onto that fearlessness in yourself and, and really explore that. But what was the moment or, you know, what, was it a series of events or did you have almost a moment or something that led you to that point where you said, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to give up my safety. Yeah. You know, I, I'm an accountant, like I said earlier, kind of by trade. So, um, it was very thought out. Like you know, I kind of, like I said, weaned myself. Mm-hmm. So it was, I worked for someone and then I was a consultant, but I still worked for somebody. And, and I kind of built up my base of business until I got to the point where I knew, cause at that point I was a single mom too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had, um, gotten divorced and I had two little children. And so I couldn't just throw all caution to the wind cause mm-hmm. I had, you know, people who really counted on me. So I, um, I mean, there was a point in my life I was working two jobs and starting QB and working QBS. Mm -hmm. So, so it was kind of like, once I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't do it all anymore. And I think I'm at a good point, maybe calculated risk. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people like to call it that I gave up the safety net of having, you know, like kind of, I was like a part-time controller, you know, for companies who really couldn't afford a full-time controller so I was like a like a part-time CEC CFO mm-hmm. controller and um let that go and then QBS took off 
and I've been really blessed ever since that it happened. So I kind of weaned myself through the process. Mm-hmm. I just didn't quit my job and um, wasn't a starving artist, so to speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 well, you, you do know. some art with uh, your field. You got <laughs> yeah. to help clients navigate them. It's like, it's like art. Yeah, it's like painting, <laughs> painting, painting a roadmap. Maybe, yeah, maybe I yeah. could be like a mal- like Christopher Columbus, right? Like Christopher navigate Columbus. Navigate these troubled Nav- waters. Navigate right? these troubled waters. Yeah, especially yeah, especially in the mounds of regulation that we deal with. But so I don't know if that I don't know if that answers the question a hundred percent. But that was kind of the way I it was comfortable for me mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, it, that was what I was curious about. Was it just, did you have, I think some people have that aha moment where they're just like, you know, I, I, I need to do something more and they just say, I'm going to do this. So I think for you, that makes a lot of sense of how you navigated, navigated that. Um, and I, I am interested still in maybe getting back to the business stuff, but, um, you know, our show is called uphill conversations and, um, we talk to people a lot about, um, you know, everything worth having in life is uphill, but you can't get there with downhill habits. So is there any kind of a journey or any sort of a story or experience in your life that you had maybe either in business or outside of that, that you would consider, um, an uphill, an uphill challenge that you faced and overcame? Wow. You know, I don't, I don't know because again, I come from like, I come from like this strong, just like middle-class immigrant, Eastern European background where, you know, your grandparents were so pessimistic. I mean, Tim, you, you've got to get this. Like everything yeah. was an uphill journey, like mm-hmm. everything, going to school, paying your bills. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. dealing with your yeah, family, it's like, like which everything. kid gets to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything <laughs> was like, everything was uphill. So it was like, so it was like, everybody kind of told you like, this is a tough life. Yeah. And, and yeah. when you think it's tough, it's and tougher. It's going to get tougher. It's tougher. And <laughs> nobody owes you nothing. Yeah. Nobody owes you nothing. Yeah. And, and you know, the only thing you can count is the money in your pocket. So your, your parents were, and your grandparents, like all these people in your mind were always so negative. But not in a bad way, loud and negative. So it wasn't in a bad way negative. Like right. we perceive negative now, and um, it's probably a bad soapbox thing, but we perceive saying something negative now is like crushing people's spirit. Right. But in a weird way, I think that's what made me strong and gave mm-hmm. me spirit because then when things happen and Megan, you know, I've said this a hundred times, I have three older brothers. I'm the only girl, <laughs> the youngest, <laughs> I have three older brothers. Oh my word. I mean, you got to be a real something to scare me because I right. grew up with three <laughs> older brothers picking on me. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of hear your family talk and I come from this very like close, tight Polish family, you know, all these aunts and uncles and cousins all complaining about life all the time, mm-hmm. but everybody's really happy, but everybody's complaining about everybody and something and, you know, nothing's ever right. And, you know, the dinner's never perfect. And, you know, it's so, it's just like, you don't expect life to be it's perfect. It's the same recipe, but somehow it's yeah. so wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, you know. when Margie made that, yeah. Yeah. it was a lot better. She said two pinches. Well, I did two pinches. Her pinches were, were different. Yeah. yeah. She got those bigger fingers. It's a problem. So, so to me, I never expected anything to be easy. I never expected anybody to hand me anything. I never expected that anything would go smoothly. So right. for me, I, nothing seemed like a roadblock or a problem mm-hmm. because I never expected it not to be. 
I try to do that to my kids. I always have. It's like nothing is perfect. Life is hard. School is hard. Everything's hard. You know, playing soccer is hard. Mm -hmm. You got to rise to it. Nothing's easy. Nobody's going to give you anything. And for goodness sakes, know that there is never a free lunch. You know, if you're getting something for free, somebody else is paying that bill somewhere else. Right. Um, so I think that only helps to not disappoint. I think if, 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 if you are raised thinking that everything is supposed to be perfect, then what? Mm -hmm. You know, what ends up happening um, when your kids grow up and they realize nothing's perfect? Mm -hmm. But see, what I'm loving what you're saying is it's a point of view. And so a lot of people hear that. Don't tell your kids it's hard. Tell them they can. And they, no, tell them the truth yeah. and tell them they can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's this, it's the point of view that this is what I'm loving. Yeah. And it's like too many people are walking around afraid. They're too like, once again, it goes back to that just comfort zone. Yeah. One of the things I've appreciated in our relationship as we've been working with you and your leadership is you're willing to do that. you you take what you're saying mm -hmm. about family life and it was hard. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And you, you're not saying be negative. You're saying, they were negative. You've just learned how to look at it and go, they're trying to get you to look at it differently. Yeah. They're right. They're correct. Everything's right. hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. So you've extracted the real recipe yeah. of it is hard. I'm not going to lie to your face and say anything different, but you can. Yeah. So I've noticed that with you and working with you in you know the context of working with your team and your people on your team that you're willing to make adjustments and make changes. What does change mean to you for the betterment of not just yourself, but for those around you? Now, I, don't, I don't view changing as hard. Because for me, I, I, um, I try to look at everything um, just at face value. So I encourage my team all the time. If you know a better way than we're doing it right now, Let's sit down and have a talk about it because you may, you may be seeing it from a different perspective than I have it. Um, things have changed. Maybe our processes have changed from the time I've done that position within the company. Um, and if, it, if you can convince me that's going to be better, let's do it. Cause I'm all about making it better. Like it doesn't have to be my way or my idea. I just need to be the right idea and going the right way. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter to me where that comes from. You know, I had heard somebody speak once. Um, I was getting an Inc. 5000, the women's board, a uh, women's award at mm -hmm. Impact 50. And there was a speaker, and I, I can't even remember where she's from, um, but she was saying, you know, I'm really so tired of women always giving credit to their team. Like, why aren't they taking the credit themselves? And I'm, And I kept thinking to myself, how horrible. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't get here. I mean, I couldn't be the size company I am all by myself because I'm not doing every job. Right. Um, so I kept thinking, wow, that's so shallow. And, and, and so to me, like I said, I don't, I don't need to take all the glory. Um, I, I'm very happy to, to, you know, take people's ideas and give them credit for it. Let's do it. But you have to convince me because I think I'm really, I really am pretty smart. I really know what we do. And so you have to convince me. Like I'll, I will, and I'm pretty fair about that. I mean, Megan, you know, you've worked in our office. I'm, I'm pretty fair. Like I'll be unbiased. Tell me, convince me, make a good argument. 
And if, if I don't see a downside to it, I'm like, let's go, let's go take the reins, do it. But let's, and, and I don't think about it a lot because I think you can think yourself into a next wave of another change. And that's what most people do. It's like, Oh, I thought myself like, it's like you talk yourself into it and you talk yourself right back out. Exactly. And it's like, it's because you're overthinking it. You're like, you're just spending too much time just, and you're just spinning wheels and you know what? You become directionless like that. Yes. I feel, I feel like then you, and then you're creating more of a chaos for yourself. I and, and I appreciate being around you because in you know meetings we've had, seeing your team, seeing how you've built your your culture and your and your folks, and um, how you're you're just so much a champion for them. But I love how you you're decisive. We deal with clients, you know, and some will take. I mean, they'll they'll know they need to make a decision. And six months later, they're still thinking about it. You know, it's like, <laughs> And then they want cow. you to still fix whatever is broken, but it, they won't make a decision. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> you know, you just sit there and say, you, you really have to like move forward. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, is that, you know, you know, you're going to do it or get off the pot, you know, yeah. as they would say, <laughs> but you know, just because I always tell people you can't, nothing is not fixable really. Right. Okay. Death could be unfixable. Mm-hmm. Um, but anything else. Okay. So you make a decision and you're going, you know, you're, you're, you're just starting into it and you think, wow, maybe that wasn't for the best. Okay. So adjust, mm-hmm. adjust. I mean, as long as you've not killed anybody and you know, you haven't broken a law, like you, everything's fixable. Mm-hmm. You know, you just navigate in a different direction. You tweak your plan. It's, it's not life or death. And I've, I hope that's the one thing I've tried to instill in my employees is, you know, I respect more making a decision and it being wrong, but them having thought it through and maybe it wasn't the best decision or maybe it wasn't the right way to solve a problem, but they'll be better the next time. The next time they're going to have insight to like, okay, I was thinking in this direction. I probably shouldn't have, you know, and they, they move on. So I can respect a well thought out bad decision <laughs> just as much as I can respect a good decision. Cause I think it just makes everybody better. You're always mm-hmm. better. Hopefully anything you do, you've learned from, I mean, that we tell our kids like, mm-hmm. okay, so you've, you, you, you messed up, you made a bad decision, but I hope you learn something from it, you know, not to do it again or to find a better way the next time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think too, just going in maybe with that whole idea of team and building a team and, you know, you're talking through change and that's just something that's constant. Everything is always in flux. Um, and, and I, one big thing that a lot of female entrepreneurs get asked is this whole idea of like balance, work-life balance. Is Mm -hmm. it something that's achievable? Is it something that's real? Is it a fantasy? Um, and I'm, I'm curious for you, um, as the company has continued to grow, um, obviously, and as your kids have continued to grow, how have what have you found in terms of you know different moments in life? I mean, what sacrifices have you had to make, and um, what are some you know what are some ways that you've even um, had to adjust the business and personally just as you're navigating the growth of your company? So I always I always knew that my kids were first in my life. Okay, I could, um, so there were things, there were things on a business side. So let's say there's, there's certain events people kind of expect you to be at after hours and some networking things. I never went to that because in my mind, so when my son, Joey, 
um, loves lacrosse, played lacrosse his whole life. So it was more important for me to be in the stands at St. Joe's watching him play lacrosse than it was to be at an after hours networking. Because I, I, I like to think that I'm a very realistic person. So you think about it, I have four years to watch him play lacrosse in high school, and then I have the rest of my life, God willing, to build my business and network and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just figuring out, for me, it was figuring out what, when I'm laying on my deathbed, so to say, what what would I regret the most? Would I regret the most that I missed him score a winning goal somewhere? Or would I, you know, would I miss that? Or, or would I miss that I didn't go to a meet and greet? Mm-hmm. So you just have to be real with yourself. So many times, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with overanalyzing. Mm-hmm. You just have to know, like, what, what, what am I taking with me and what am I not? Mm-hmm. So I, I had always been this way. What am I willing to sacrifice and what am I not? I'm not willing to sacrifice key moments with my kids. Um, And then, but in return, I think your kids understand that. Like my kids knew, like if mom wasn't sitting in the stands, you know, crazy lady yelling my name, you know, (laughs) cheering. um, You didn't do that. Yeah, oh, I did. (laughs) And they, and they, your kids will lie to you because they tell you like, oh my gosh, mom. Yeah. You are yelling so loud. I hear you on the field. So then the next game you go to, like, you tone it down. They're like, weren't you watching? Yeah. Like, I didn't hear <laughs> you yelling at all. Yeah. Were you talking to somebody else? Yeah. You, know, you were, were busy. Working? Were you yeah. on your phone? Yeah, exactly. So they say <laughs> they don't like you screaming their name and cheering for them, but really secretly they do. And then um, wash their clothes when they're Oh, the yeah. So that's bad. But <laughs> they, um, but so, you know, it was that kind of thing for mm-hmm. me. It was just being real with what I wanted to miss and what I didn't. Um, but then on the flip side, like I was saying, but then if I wasn't there, they knew that something really bad had happened at the office that I needed to be there for. You know, if if a client had a big problem and it was all hands on deck to get it fixed, that's why I wasn't there. You know, so I think when then when you miss that one off thing, your kids kind of understand it. And they're like, wow, something bad must have happened because, you know, mom didn't come to my game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it was for me. For me, I always told myself. But then again, I think. I credit so much of me and just my willingness to be content in my life going back to my family mm-hmm. because um, they, it, it was all about like, you know, work hard and, you know, figure the rest out. So like they were such hard workers that I, I, w- I never felt like I needed to, um, you know, put aside, you know, two hours a day for myself mm-hmm. or couple hours a week for myself because I never saw anybody do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I never saw, I guess I never saw anybody that had work-life balance. <laughs> so it doesn't make me yeah. feel that I'm like that. I'm overthinking the fact that I do or yeah. I don't. I just know at the end of the day, I put my head on my pillow and I'm happy. Like I'm happy with what I've done with my kids and I'm happy with where I've taken my business and, you know, and it, in, in true life, it can all end tomorrow. So every night you put your head on the pillow, you got to kind of be happy with yourself. And that's what I kind of strive to do just on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> you know, let's not look out too far and get too scary. So, <clears throat> you know, um, you've made, you know, you started your business from your, I guess your Home. A bonus room yeah. or wherever. Yeah. Wherever your little office was, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but you, you've had... Um, I mean, you've had a journey. Like a lot of people think it's like people start a successful business 
like it's like everything was great. Things got greater. They started this business and then it was greater, greater. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like it's like this perfect storm happens. And from what I understand your story, it was a storm. Yeah. That got stormier. Yeah. And then you said, I'm in a storm. I'm going to start something. Yeah. With my storm and then grow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, and so when you, as far as for you, like, how could you tell people, like, no matter what they're doing, life happens, but it doesn't have to happen to you. Right. Yeah. You can, you can happen to your day by setting your mind and getting it where it needs to be and just doing it. And everybody doesn't have to participate. They're not going to. Now, you know, you need to care about your kids going along with you. Yeah. Right? You really do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they're, they're stuck with you. Yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, look, I, you're on my uh, filing. My yeah. Ta- yeah you I need the, you yeah. for the 1040, yeah, so 1040 stick around a little while. And, and I, if I don't take care of you, I'm going to get handcuffed. Right? Yeah, and I don't look good in orange. <laughs> yeah. Orange is not the new black for <laughs> yeah, me. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Okay. I wouldn't do well in jail at all. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, so we don't want you to go to jail. But with that, though, just just transitioning and transitioning and evolving and you're in a new space and I want to get into those parts of it, but mm-hmm. you are, you're still growing and gradually getting this, but you had your starting point. Yeah. You had to transition. You, you know, for lack of better terms, like you were handed lemons, you made lemonade, you kept moving. You weren't allowing yourself to be deterred. You worked with it. Yeah. You didn't fearless again, comes back into play. You grew and you launched something and you actually built something that, you know, was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise to you. It was for a little bit. Like I, I think I worked so hard for so long that like I, I put my head up one day and went, wow, we're kind of a big company now, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow. Like, Hey, was it like a, it was like a wow. That, and a maybe oops. that was my aha moment. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> when did this all happen? Hey, was I sleeping? <laughs> yeah, I know. I should have lifted my, lifted my head a little bit more, but, um, so, no, it was kind of perseverance. It's probably a good word. You know, hmm. just kept, kept moving along. I mean, we, when in the industry we're in, you know, um, insurance products are, are a huge selling driving force for us. Workers' comp, medical benefits, things like that. After 9-11, the bottom fell out on everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I knew, I just, I knew then that um, we were going to be okay because I had started the business, and I, I say it's the different mentality when you're an accountant and you start a business, as opposed to being a salesman and starting a business, because salesmen are like for the wow factor. Like they need the amazing office space downtown, and 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 the great logo, and and they're spending money long before they've sold their first client. Where when you're an accountant, <laughs> you run lean, you mm-hmm. run lean ship until you start. Um, growing your your um, your revenue dollars. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, we did. You know, I started in, in, in at my house, and and started running it that way, and then moved into a small office space because my clients didn't come to me. I didn't need some big overpowering mm-hmm. wow factor office space. I just needed to have like great systems in place, and and that's what we did. So when we when I say we ate QBS, when we survived the whole insurance crash after 9-11, I knew we could weather anything because we were, we had no debt and we ran lean and we knew how to run lean. 
And um, because of that, we kept growing. And then people that we partnered with as vendors saw that we were still growing. We weren't we weren't struggling for money. I mean, we, our, our head was well above water. And so that just strengthened our relationships with our vendors. Um, you know, even during that time, you know, a lot of, a lot of our clients went out of business because the economy really just, um, just went down and we weathered all of that. So I kept saying, wow, I think we've weathered, you know, some of the, the, the worst business times since the great depression, and if we can weather this, then, you know, we're, we can weather anything going forward. And, and and so it gave me a really good sense of confidence of like, hey, let's, if we just keep our head down and we realize that our clients are our core and customer service to them is what differentiates us from our competitors and keep that moving forward. I've always felt like we would we would definitely stand out in the marketplace and, and always hold a niche of our own. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's really neat about that story and the idea of perseverance also with the way that, you know, your upbringing and always being very realistic and yeah. taking, so it's, it's similar to, you know, how I always say I approach things that, that my dad taught me is you always sort of hope for the best but you expect the worst. Yeah, you exactly. always, you know, you, you look out, you look for the dangers and you you try to figure out before you get there, you know, what might I come across? And so I think what's really cool is you have this foundation of, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, careful, but I'm still going to take risks because I'm optimistic, even though I realize, you know, this could, this could end badly. Or you go into that and, and I mean, 9-11, that was a, a year huh. into, um, into your business. So that's, that's a huge, it's not like you had been going strong and building. I mean, it was a year in. Yeah. So I think it's pretty incredible, um, that you have, you know, those two things kind of juxtaposition, you know, to each other, um, and, and how they have really worked in your favor. So Pam, okay. um, what are three things that you're optimistic about over the next 12 months? Um, I'm optimistic that QBS will still grow. I think I'm very optimistic about that. Um, that my team will continue to get stronger because I think I have a great group of people. And, and I think, you know, as well, people always say like, I want to have my work family. And I, I think I really do have a work family. You know, I, I'm, gl- I, I'm glad I know all of them. I try to talk to them. I don't get to talk to them as much probably over the last two years because I've tried to um, differentiate myself as the face of QBS now and do some of that networking and things I didn't do the first 17, 16 years we were mm-hmm. operating because we were too busy growing everything. Um, and I think I- I'm optimistic that our economy is going to grow and thrive and get better. I mean, I do have, I have a lot of, a lot of hope and that um, things are going to get a lot better here and that we're going to, you know, that businesses are going to continue to thrive and they're going to continue to grow and we're going to make that, we're going to make that easier for them to happen. Well, Pam, we have really appreciated all of your time that you shared with us and letting us kind of navigate the conversation <laughs> and talk a little bit of business, a little talk bit of personal. Talk about my crazy family, my yeah. crazy Polish family that I, I like love to family. death. <laughs> I love them to death. Love them all. Our and my cousins, resemble. If our cousin, my cousins will ever listen to this, they'll be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. My, yeah I know those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're having them probably right They're now. They're having them right now. <laughs> We're all cut from the same cloth, as they say. Yeah. 
Um, well, so Pam, where can people find um, more about you, find out more about you and about QBS? Um, we have, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and they can get us at www.qualitybsolutions.net and kind of find out about all the great things happening at Quality Business Solutions. Awesome. And there'll be more to come just about me in here in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, that we'll leave that. We'll leave everybody hanging. There's yep. there's a lot more to, lot lot more layers to pull well, back you have here. To, in the you have to future. you have to break it here first with us. Okay, when that you, time happens, that, when that, that happens. So we'll everybody sitting out there listening, you're going, "What does that mean? <laughs> what is she? What is she gonna, gonna do? do?" Okay, she is the original Wonder Woman. <laughs> so so that's why we're, we're in Vegas. We're, we're in I'm Vegas. gonna scaffold down you're this building. Oh, she ran the ninja course. That's right. The yeah. ninja course is done. Yes. You Barefoot. Did it. Barefoot. In 116 degree heat. In 116 degree heat. <laughs> Super at the mom. highest peak. You Super didn't even, mom. You didn't even start until it was the highest. I know. Because I said only like, only, only losers start if it's 90. Right. You're not starting when it's 115. Then <laughs> you don't have what it takes That's to run this right. course. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. We've had the great privilege to sit with Pam Evett. And um, so always remember, you can be more, do more, and have more. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. So you will see Pam, Megan, and me on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.